Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A Virginia middle school teacher admits to crawling into the bed of one of her students to have sex with him. We have three shocking revelations from the case of Megan Jordan. I'm Anjanette Levy. It's Thursday, and this is Crime Fix. Megan Jordan could spend 50 years in prison for having sex with her 14-year-old student. She has now admitted to going to the student's home, crawling into his bed to have sex with him on several occasions. This all happened during the 2022-2023 school year. The Commonwealth's attorney in Henrico County, Virginia, says Jordan's DNA was found on the student's bedsheets, corroborating the claims that she did this. Why else would her DNA be on a student's sheets? When she was first arrested in June of last year, Jordan was charged with eight counts of carnal knowledge and two counts of indecent liberties. Now Jordan has pleaded guilty to four counts of carnal knowledge and one count of indecent liberties. Jonna Spilbor is a defense attorney who's done a lot of sex cases. Jonna, what in the world is going on with this Megan Jordan? Yeah, you know, it brings back memories of Mary Kay Letourneau and Deborah LaFave and these teachers that develop these frankly disgusting uh, attractions to their students. And here we go, it's deja vu all over again. This one with a, you know, a whopping 10 year difference. I'm very curious though, because uh, in this case, Megan Jordan has pled guilty to the charges. She faces a whole lot of time in prison. I have to wonder if there's a plea deal that's already been struck with her so that she doesn't spend much time behind bars. I'm very curious to find out about that. Yeah, I am too. I mean, she's facing the possibility of 50 years in prison, which is mm -hmm. basically the rest of her life uh, should she get 50 years. I mean, she she's done. Her life yeah. is over, right? So she pleads guilty to many of the charges she was already facing. Maybe there is some sort of deal where she gets counseling and maybe she spends X number of years in prison and then eventually gets out and has to do some good. Uh, but the allegations in this case are, to me, really, really creepy. So this girl, this woman, I should say, <laughs> I call her a girl, but she's a woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's probably like a newer teacher. She's probably 23, 24 when this is going on. It was happening during the 2022-2023 school year. She's actually going to her student's home, somehow getting entry into the home, I'm assuming by yeah. the child letting her in. Uh, this kid has no clue what he's doing because he's 14 and he doesn't, he's a kid. So they, they don't know, they're not thinking right. And she's actually getting into his bed to have sex with him. And her DNA is all over the bed sheets. Of course it is. So, I mean, there were a lot of steps taken here. I mean, she had to go to some effort to actually go to this kid's house. So how is a 24-year-old actually attracted 
to a pubescent kid, a teenager. I mean, he's a child. I know. And that's the really horrific, disgusting part of this. And, you know, she's not really, if she's going to this boy, he's a boy. He's not a man. He's a boy. He was a boy then. He's a boy now. Going to his house under God only knows whose nose and engaging in this sexual activity with him. Like she was not, it almost seems like she wasn't even trying to hide it. In her mind, there was something oddly normal about it and there's nothing normal about it at all. What is interesting from a whole defense perspective or even societal perspective is with the other famous, famous uh, case, similar cases in the history, like Deborah Lefebvre and like Mary Kay Letourneau, uh, Mary Kay Letourneau aside for a moment, jail time wasn't really the objective. Like they didn't go to jail or prison for their crimes unless they screwed up on probation. We've taken sort of historically this kind of softer approach whenever there's a, a female defendant who is victimizing a young male victim, as opposed to the other way around, right? If this were the other way around, when you have an older male teacher victimizing a younger female student, people say, throw the book at him, nobody thinks twice about it. But for some reason, when it's flip-flopped, we tend to give the defendant a little bit of a pass. Why is that? Because you got to remember something else, Antoinette, for your listeners. When it comes to statutory rape, which is what this, in Virginia, it's called this um, carnal knowledge of a, of a minor. In most places, it's called statutory rape. That means that even though the victim might be willingly participating in this crime, legally, they're not able to consent. They are too young right. to legally consent. So it doesn't matter that no quote-unquote force was involved. It is still a major heinous felony. But that's why I'm very curious to see if uh, Megan Jordan is going to do any time at all. Because a lot of times, and you mentioned this earlier, the punishment is really, well, let's fix this. Let's get counseling. She'll have to register as a sex offender, but we don't really need to throw this woman behind bars. Well, maybe we do. Yeah, I, well, she's been behind bars being held without bond since mm -hmm. last June. Yeah. Uh, so she's already done six or eight months or Sometime. so, whatever, you know, somewhere in there. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the name of the charge because I saw this kernel knowledge charge yesterday and I'm like, whoa, kernel knowledge. I, I mean, is? it just reminds me of like a Van Halen album title or something. I think there was one by that title, but I, you know, you look it up and in Virginia, it means that a student can't, or a child between the ages of 13 and 15 can't consent because they're a kid. You know, they can't consent to, the, and it lists the sex acts and stuff like that, which is basically all of them. And so uh, I don't know, you know, I, I'm wondering myself why we're taking a softer uh, approach to the women. And I, but I look at it like this. So you you bring up Mary Kay Letourneau, who's, who, who passed away years ago. So she's no longer with us. Um, but I think she even had uh, children with the guy she was Two. with, yeah. uh, Billy Falau, um, you know, they eventually broke up. I mean, imagine that it didn't last, but she, right. you know, she's still victimizing a student. You're, you're in a position of trust. He may have been a little older. I just can't recall the exact age of Billy Falau when they were having this relationship. He was younger. But, I think he was 12. He was younger. Okay, even gr yeah. more gross, even more disgusting. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. But I, I don't know what's going on up here when you are teaching a child. And I, and I say this, Jana, because I was a substitute teacher when I first graduated from college for like a year. And so mm-hmm. I was like around this age of Megan Jordan. I'd go into these schools. These like kids, there's kids like with 17 years old. They look like children to me. And <laughs> they were five or six mm-hmm. years younger than me. Like even and then the other ones looked even younger. So I. I don't get what's going on up here and why we would think it's okay. Or do we teach, are we treating Megan Jordan and the other women differently? Unless maybe there's a history of some horrific sexual abuse. I don't know. In that case, I can see if somebody's really damaged um, in this, there was this predisposition, but still she, she got through the system. She was able to gain access to a child. She was able to become a school teacher. And so that if she's mm-hmm. truly a predator, it sounds like she is, she was able to use her job to gain access to a victim. Yeah, and that's kind of almost the MO across the board when you have these teachers, female teachers that are attracted to their male students. And it does beg the question, how does the school not know before something happens, right? Because you, How do these teachers get caught typically? It's because the victim himself is bragging about it, talking about it. Somehow it slips out. Like it's how, how does it get to that point is my point before red flags start popping up everywhere because these teachers are with these students. I mean, look at what is school is six hours a day. How does it not get noticed until it's too late? That's the part that, and when does this, you, okay, so a healthy mind is not attracted to a child. Let's just let's just say that I think everybody can exactly. agree with that. Exactly. These teachers then do they are they of unsound, unhealthy minds when they get the job, or does it happen after they get the job? I mean, this is kind of the part, the the scientific part that we maybe need to explore a little bit more, so this kind of thing doesn't happen. I mean, like we like look. We have Cliff, you're an attorney, you have clients, sometimes your clients are going to be attracted to you. Uh, if you're in college, sometimes you might have a crush on your teacher, but you're adults at that point. Right. When you take it down to the grade school, middle school, high school level, it's a whole other thing. And it's just not right. And the, and the one thing that will follow her, regardless of how much time she gets, what will follow her probably for the rest of her life is the fact that she's going to have to register as a sex offender. At least that's one thing that all of these female predators had in common. They didn't get a pass on that because it's impossible to get a pass on that. And that's a stigma that you can't outgrow, explain away or run away from. Well, I find it hard to believe that she wasn't like this before she gets into the middle school setting. And then, um, you know, I don't I don't think she got into the middle school setting and then just some you know, switch flipped. I, I, I don't buy that for a second because it just reminds me of like the priests with the Catholic sex abuse scandal. You know, 
a lot of these people, right. uh, you know, they a lot of these people go into these jobs where they know that they'll be able to gain access. I'm not saying that that's her was her sole motivation for being a teacher. Maybe she really wanted to be a teacher and do some good, but something is not quite right there. And I feel like we've seen so many women lately. Uh, you know, obviously for for years we were seeing men accused of these crimes with students. But now I feel like we're just in the last few months seeing a string of women who are accused of having sexual relationships with their students. I think part of it is because we're becoming more aware of it. You know, social media, you know, things like Snapchat, social oh, media, yeah. these people are doing all this mess on their phones and they're getting caught that way. I'm sure that's part of it. But the other thing that bothers me about this as well, uh, it sounds like this happened quite a few times. And I'll tell you what, if if a, if a teacher was sneaking into my house at night, I would certainly know it. Right. And that's another thing, right? Because in this day and age, even though we have social media and people are capturing things on their phone, most people have some sort of security system. They're so easy to get. And if you're uh, if your kid is a latchkey kid and you're at work and, you know, there's nobody home, yeah. you especially want one of those systems just for protection. So it, maybe they didn't have one in this case. Maybe they were able to beat it somehow. Um, but it's real. And it went on for a while. Like it wasn't just a one shot yes. deal and she got caught. Like it went on for a long period of time. And it's got to be infuriating for the parents of this victim. It's got to be scary as hell for the parents of any school age child uh, in this day and age. And that's why the the times they got to change. And I think even though I'm a criminal defense attorney, we've got to come down harder on those who prey on children, regardless of whether they're male or female, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what their position is in society. We have to send a message because it's uh, it's too easy. It's happening far too often and it's far too easy. So your best guess, Jonna, you know, I, I don't think she's going to get 50 years. I don't see that happening. No, I mean, I, I just don't. First time offender. Um, you know, she's pleaded guilty. So she she's throwing herself on the sword, begging for mercy, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure she mm -hmm. has not liked being in jail, held without bail in Henrico County, Virginia. I don't care where you are mm -hmm. in jail, uh, unless you're in Club Fed or whatever they call it. Uh, it's, right. it's no cakewalk. So what's your best guess as far as the sentence goes in May? So here's the one thing I do think, they already know what the sentence is going to be. By the time you get to this point in a criminal case, you've had the discussions with the prosecutor, you've had the discussions with the court, and you kind of know what, where it's gonna fall. The fact that she has spent all this pretrial time in custody will help her because as a defense attorney, you're gonna say, look, she's already done this much time. Let's give her time served. Let's get her into a program. Let's get her you know, evaluated. Let's do, put her on probation. Let's do all those things because you kind of put the cart before the horse by keeping her incarcerated prior to her deal. I would be surprised if something like that weren't on the table that she's either going to do no more time or a short period of time. I don't, you know, and listen, I, I could be wrong. I don't even think she's going to get sent to prison. And that's another thing in these, you know, prison is not jail. Jail is a little bit easier than state prison, um, right. but she might not. If, if she if these crimes are probation eligible, it doesn't she might not she might not get sent to actual prison for them. So it could be a very creative sentencing scheme or it could be completely wrong. And this judge is going to be like, you know what? 50 years is on the table. You're getting 25. 
have a nice life. I don't know. But typically, like I said, we're still a little soft on these female offenders. It might not, they, she might not have the book thrown at her is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, we'll wait and see uh, for sure. I mean, I tend to think maybe they'll send her to prison for a little while. Who knows? I could be dead wrong. You're the expert. You're the defense attorney. But let me tell you, uh, I've toured county jails just in doing news stories. I've interviewed female inmates for news stories. You get out of there. You don't even think about jaywalking after that. It is like you're like, no way. <laughs> I want nothing. I want none of this. But uh, no fun. All right. John Spilbor, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Good to be here. And that's it for Crime Fix on this Thursday, February 8th, 2024. I'm Anjanette Levy. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. You can download Crime Fix on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts and new episodes post each weeknight at 6 Eastern time on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. Daniel Camacho does our video editing. Our head of social media is Bobby Zoki. Our senior director of social media is Vanessa Vine. Savannah Williamson is one of our producers. Diane Kay and Alyssa Fisher book our guests. And Brad Maybe is our audio editor.